0: That's good. Welcome to Men Are Nuts, a podcast about mental health, emotional health, psychological health, physical health, awareness in men, women, and society. First, it started with men. The acronym for Men Are Nuts. We have a very special guest on the show for you today, all the way from the United States. Um, I think I think she's told me she's. This, have you just woken up? Did you say you woke just woken up? Uh,
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I worked
0: last night, so. introduce yourself. Cool.
1: Sure. Okay. Hi. Uh, my name is Amina Wynn. I am currently live in Coconut Creek, Florida. I have lived in Florida now. Um, uh, let me see. What month are we in? February made 29 years. Well, February made 29 years. So I've been down here an awfully long time. I was born in New York. I grew up in um, West Virginia. We left New York when I was about three. And I grew up in the mountains of West Virginia. Um, Interesting upbringing. It was a good small town uh, childhood, honestly, for the most part, it really was. My mother is from Panama and very, very fair skin, um, freckles, very light. And my dad uh, is, well, now they're calling people African-American, but my dad is black. Um, He did pass away, but we are mixed children. And it was um, a little difficult going back. I was born in 75, so, um, you know, I'm 46 years old. And um, I'm a mother, I have a daughter. She's um, 11 now. She's my absolute everything. I'm slightly obsessed with her. She's the coolest kid ever, way, way cooler than I ever was. Um, But West Virginia was interesting because we were mixed children and um, it wasn't always easy. You know, there's, there's still, a lot of bigotry and um, they're still way behind the eight ball when it comes to um, you know just color and culture and being different and everything like that so when I was 17 I decided to move to Florida and my reason was um, I wanted to go where I could blend in where I wouldn't be looked at twice or asked stupid questions um, or questions in a stupid way they just didn't know how to be intrigued by your difference like instead of saying you know wow you know where are you from Um, it was like how'd you get that tan or um they called us um, names like half breed and skunk and um oreo um Oh my gosh, there was a bunch of them, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. Mostly good, but you know, you still have your
0: backwoods I think bigotry. I and think, I think at some point, I think that would be another, another, that could be another podcast as well to talk about. You know, the the how can I put it? The um, that could be a podcast in itself about you. You know, your the the the. the things to do with race and racism and that could be another pod- i think we've got quite a few i think we've got quite a few, we spoke at the beginning we've got quite a few podcasts that we could be talking about now um so florida well, what's it like um what's it like at the moment um is it sunny weather sunny what's it like at the moment well
1: it's a little overcast today but it doesn't mean that it's cool in any way it's generally warm all the time um we get about two weeks of cold in the winter, and it's not together, it's scattered. It could be a couple days here, and then maybe a couple days there. And it usually warms up after two or three days. Um, but it's overcast, and, and I like that. Yeah, I like overcast days. Um,
0: I, I'm California. So I just had California in my mind there because I remember working in, in, in the USA, um, Florida. Is it like how, it sh- how how the show on? I'm, I'm going to presume it is. I'm going to. This is for the people out there that don't know much about Florida. Is it like how the show, in, like say the movies, or on you know on documentaries where there's people, there's this. I think it's like on by the by the beach where there's so many people about and they're doing dressed up and roller skating and all. Is it is it like that? Yeah, it is.
1: <laughs> um. That is mostly, yeah, it's uh, you can go to any beach and people are getting outside and walking around and shopping and eating and um, skating and going to the beach and um, there's a lot to do down here. And honestly, uh, it is paradise. It is absolutely beautiful down here. It's hard to, to go anyplace else because um, I've considered it. I've considered it, but um, then I think about just my simple, my simple drive to my home is so beautiful. (laughs) Like there's palm trees everywhere. We have lakes. There's beautiful homes surrounding the lakes. And they really put a lot of money into this state. Um, They put our tourism. It does so well because they do very well with the infrastructure here. Always looks well manicured down here. Everywhere you go, just about um, our city workers are working, and they're always doing new construction. They're always widening the roads, and they're always trimming trees. And they're always—it's—it's it's always well manicured down here. So when you come, you want to come back and spend your money here. So we have good tourism.
0: Is it quite expensive to live, or what, is it one of the most expensive places in? Live, or what's it like on, on that scale of, in terms of um, the cost of living
1: yeah no it has definitely become uh, they're calling it you know because of inflation yeah you know, I think it's affecting everybody in, in all the countries I think I could be wrong but it's definitely hit us pretty bad here and Florida is definitely one of the most expensive places to live in the United States um, now uh not number one and not number two but the people in the number one and number two states have are fleeing those states and coming here um because it's just a little bit cheaper they're buying things up cash and um and then increasing the inflation even more so for those of us that have been living here for quite some time so um we have to adjust to that um because we have wonderful DeSantis making everything very, very free down here. So uh, people are leaving their their liberal states and coming here so that they can be freer. Oh, you okay. know. So they're
0: not going to more people. Yeah. 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 And so it's, it's, for the listeners out there, it's, it's 20, uh, 2022, what is it, February? We've had, we've gone through this, um, this, um, this, Pan, pandemic, um, as I call it, in it. Um, and now it's all of, sudden, all of a sudden it's disappeared, and now we're we've got a, a sort of like a a war, a war, a war, happening in Ukraine, and it's and part of that is probably help, help um, not helping with inflation, or probably one of the causes of inflation because of obviously petrol prices and things like that. When you said it's it's being affected, and you're feeling it down there, what? what are the effects of the feelings and what is what's what's people's general feelings of what's happening in the last 2 years
1: well it's a nightmare i mean basically you you just kind of figure out how to roll with the punches and you know keep your head above water and survive you know i i'm a registered nurse and i will i'm extremely grateful that I decided to go to school in that field and that it will always provide me work always no matter where I go what I do um, I'll always be able to uh, keep my head above water so to speak Um, not everybody has that option and it's, it's hurting a lot of people because some, you know, some, not everybody's even making $15 an hour. They should be because I think it's supposed to be the minimum wage, but um, some companies still aren't even paying that. So for example, rent, if you own, I always tell everyone, if you own your own home, get on your knees and thank your lucky stars because they are increasing rent on people six and $700 with a straight face and saying, well, you know, if you can't pay it, this guy from New York can This woman from California can. And so it's kind of like, too bad for you, you know, but that's just the way that the world is. So you've got to be able to figure out how you can get through this time until <clears throat> we get to the other side of all of this
0: madness. Yeah, crazy times, crazy times. And what's the um, general kind of, that people in Florida quite I know you said get out and get out into the weather. Are they quite optimistic and kind of, is it a kind of a fun, loving place? Is it, just for the listeners out there, what kind of place is it? What's what's the feeling? You yeah, say sure you enjoy living there, but what are the people like? I mean, you know, is, is is it quite a, you know, is it quite, I presume it's quite smallish in comparison to most cities. Florida. Uh, it
1: is, um, Florida is... When I moved here, like I came from a small town, so I thought that I'm moving to the big city. I'm moving to the metropolis. I am not gonna run into the same person twice. Like, I kind of felt like I wanted to disappear when I moved down here in a way. I I just, that was just kind of how I felt. And um, when I realized after time that I was starting to see the same people at the grocery store and I was starting to It felt like a small-town kind of feel, like, so I I kind of bounced around a lot. I went from living in Coral Springs to Fort Lauderdale to Lauder Hill to Boca, to... And I've lived in all kinds of different cities down here. But Florida is a bunch of small towns all just smashed together, and highly populated small towns, really. Um, Coconut Creek is is, is small, and it borders um, Boca, and Deerfield Beach and Pompano, so it doesn't really take long to get to these other little cities, you know, Um, but, excuse me, for the most part, it's a melting pot, so you have a whole bunch of different types of people down here, so you get a mixture of what you encounter, and um, I remember when I first moved here, people, because I was from West Virginia, and the country and you know kind of naive kind of um, place people used to tell me be careful this is a very transient state I didn't even know what transient meant when I moved down here I was 17 I was like uh okay um <clears throat> but basically people come and go they will uh, you know take what they can get from you and then they would just dis- you know disappear um so but um, I have made some really good friendships down here really great blended family that we have going on down here um, and it really just kind of feels like home honestly
0: All right, so you're, yeah so you feel you feel quite settled in now after you know, you know let's like say bouncing around and moving around or do you think there's a there's more there's a bigger there's a big a different world out there or is it is this kind of it for you to be settled
1: i am torn to be honest with you (laughs) covid has made me um think of other things you know and um in order to really live comfortably down here now with the way things are with the inflation and everything like that and i don't own a home in order to live comfortably you know in a nice home in a nice neighborhood and nice surroundings um, Honestly, I honestly need about a half a million dollars and I, I don't have a half a million dollars. <laughs> so um, I, part of me would really love, like part of me would really love to have um, a house with big la- like land, like a big backyard, massive, I want a garden, I want to grow my own food, I want to grow flowers. I want to get up in the morning and like go outside my backyard and, and pick my food. You know, I want to store stuff. I want to learn how to jar food and make sauces and things like that. Like a simpler life, you know? Um, so part of me would love to be back in a country like setting with, you know, a house with an upstairs and downstairs, I'd like stairs. Like I have a whole vision of what, part of me would really really like to have too and then there's part of me that's really connected to being here and it's hard to tear myself away from the beauty it's really gorgeous here yeah yeah i know that's yeah
0: they they say home is where the heart is but then sometimes sometimes your heart might not be in a certain place or it might be in a certain place for one reason and then it's funny is it how we can how we can live in one place and then think oh wish could have this this and this and then but even though the place that we're living in is 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 a is a nice place and it's only you know maybe 15 minutes or 10 minutes drives to the workplace or whatever everything's convenient the shops but then we're always looking you know maybe i'd like to live in this life life. like you said picking vegetables and a big garden (laughs) so you can plant things and can go out there you don't have that, I, my mom my mom was just my mom's just gone to jamaica and she, i rang her today it was birthday yesterday and she said to me um, she just um she packed picked some of this thing called ackee and she picked she just went out on the tree and she just picked the ackee off the tree I and gave it to her sister to to cook and you just think i love that do you know what i mean you know mangoes form oh. tree or whatever Friends in a picture from Jamaica, and there's all mangoes, squashed, all falling, on, like falling off the on the tree onto the floor, squashing everything. Loads of them, you know. And I said, why, Yeah, why, why, nobody, I love that. Why is nobody eating them? Because it, it's not, because they're so used to it there, that they don't get to. Do you know what I mean? They get. It's it's almost like. Yeah. It's almost like, it's such an abundance. They're just so used to it. Yeah, they're so used. To having a garden with things where you can plant food plant you know and you, can, and you actually go out there and plant yourself go out there and plant the stuff yourself and watch it grow um,
1: there's nothing like that like growing your own picking it yourself and then making your own food from it it's like really really cool yeah, yeah. you know and, and you know exactly where you got it from and you know the condition of it and nobody else touched it and there's not all of these harmful pesticides and and crap all over the food and it's fresh and it's full of nutrients because you freshly picked it and um the guys were just the groundskeepers were just doing um our area here the other day and the palm trees i noticed were so full of coconuts i mean all of them full 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 so it was like two days later they came to trim the trees and take the coconuts down because they're gonna fall and hurt somebody's car, or hurt a person or something like that. So, um, but there was coconuts everywhere. And I told my daughter, I said, get out and go ask them if we can have a few of those coconuts. So we ended up getting like six of them because I'm going to, um, I, you know, I like to juice. So I'm going to combine the coconut water, the fresh coconut water with some of my juices and like do a half and half. And then that will, that it's really good. I don't know if you've ever done that, but that's really, really good. And there's so many crazy, amazing electrolytes and abundance of nutrients in the coconut water. So I'm excited to make that. I think I'm going to do that today.
0: Now you've got the taste for it. Yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting that um, what you just said then and what I've just spoke about about how come the world has changed so much in terms of we've built we've in, in terms of industrialization we've built roads and we've built houses and to accommodate people and there's all these things but yet if you imagine if you can imagine that there wasn't those the roads there there'll be loads of trees won't there there would be loads of trees with and plants with things grown off them and and think do you see what i mean it's funny how we can how we if you picture it in that way how how life changes in certain aspects like you say you want to go and plant but maybe there was a plant there before it's like a and it uh you know when you have these animals going across the road when mm-hmm. squash and you think wait a minute that was their natural for them to walk across the road that must have been their natural habitat years ago We've come that was their natural trail. Yeah, yeah. So we've come and laid concrete there for our own <gasps> for transport and all that. So it's interesting. So it's 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 interesting that you said there that you you want to go out and plant and, and make your own food and just and it, and I think there's a lot yeah. of, lot of reward in that and it's also quite therapeutic in a sense. Yes, and there's a it's an
1: excellent. The booming kind of idea and thing a lot of people want to grow their own food now um, there I see a lot of people getting into it um, just from my little, little narrow view of you know just social media and what I have to to see uh, what people are doing um, a lot of people want to grow their own food because of just we have so much technology now so we have so much information so we're able to find out so much about what's actually going on with our food with the industry what they are telling us that are true and not true about our food about how it's cultivated about the chemicals that they're putting on it about all the trees that they had to knock down to you know uh, breed all of these animals into existence so that we can feed them and, and all of these things and it's a lot of people don't want to be a part of it, and that's, you know, kind of, and they want to eat healthier, because they know that um, that's just a healthier way, and there's a better way, so if you can grow some of it, and you can have some control over your food, um, we really should, we should have more control over what we're putting into our bodies, and where it comes from, and everything like that, so, yeah,
0: no, yeah. I remember on social media. <laughs> Five years ago i remember seeing this where people live now people living on top of each other so they're living in apartments or flats or what you know like, like anywhere around the world living in apartments or flats and stuff like that and there was i can't remember where it was but basically they were, they were making gardens on those buildings where they're making gardens on
1: top of the flat. yes urban gardens I saw it. art and urban gardens like uh, New York, Brooklyn, places like that that's kind of a trendy in, in, in Brooklyn, I think is, uh, it's something that I'm going to, I'm really, really going to end up doing in my little piece of patio that I have because a lot of us also here live kind of stacked up on top of each other. We're running out of land here too. Um, so they're building a lot of high rises now. Um, they're all over the place. And... Um, like i said i would need a half a million dollars in order to have a house with even like a little piece of land it's hard to get land down here you know Um, all the houses are like built on a half an acre and everything is just smashed together really really close um you have to have a a lot of money down here to have space and privacy and land um but yeah i would love i have a vision (laughs) for my little back patio um, that I will manifest I continue to see it in my visualizations and I am going to create it and once I do um, I, I'm gonna do little by little like you know transformation pictures and videos of, of my back patio because I do want to change it into kind of a, a plants, small garden oasis like I can go out there and I can I'm not even very good with plants, that's the thing. I don't even know how to keep them alive yet, but I really, it's a a desire of mine. I want to learn how to keep plants alive and grow my own food. So it's not even something that I am um, educated on or have any experience in, but it's a desire and it's something that I just really want to learn how to do and um, so I want to start with my patio
0: first, okay. <laughs> we'll go and, from there. Yes. If based patio? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if, I was going to say as well, just if um, if it cuts off, because I've just had a message come up saying um, your, thing will, your Zoom will cut off in 10 minutes, I don't know what's happened to Zoom, but I used to be able to go on for an hour to an hour, so I don't know what's happened, I don't know if they've done something so you can only go for a certain time, so if I, if it does cut off, I'll send you another link and we'll keep going. Okay, Sorry. no problem. Okay. Um, so let's talk about um, you, the you, Amina, the, the person, the, your journey, because the, the podcast is about, uh, you know, and we kind of touched upon it there in terms of our health, one, with the food, and our mental health, and, you know, like you say, you want to manifest, and all these words, so they're all connected to... to us as humans as as to do with mental health. Let's talk about your journey and and you know, through life and like you say, growing up and as a child and some of the things that you've been through and that had to, you know, overcome. Um, we can you know, we can mention but maybe mention the, the, the racism part, but we can maybe touch upon that in another in another episode. But just your journey of life as a child and then and growing up.
1: Okay. Um Well, let's see. Like I said, I moved to West Virginia when I was about three years old. Um, Everything was normal, I would say, for the most part. Um, People, I noticed I was maybe a little bit different, I guess, when people wanted to touch my hair (laughs) and um, started asking me questions about. You know, my skin tone, and how did I how did I get that tan? I guess I was confusing looking in a way. I know I don't look white, and I know that I'm tan enough that I, I definitely look uh, black in some way, or Hispanic in some way. Um, so I was, I guess, I'm, gonna cut I guess you I'm a
0: little... Co- I'm going to put you in, because <laughs> you know when I, see you on, 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 when I see you on Instagram, and that's where we kind of got talking... Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm there guessing. I'm trying to guess. Is this? Is she, I'm trying to think. No, she's not. This is not. She's not white because the skin complexion and hair. And I'm and, I, and I'm thinking that she must be mixed. But what mix and things like that. So yeah. it's interesting that you, you. And if anybody's, you know, anybody who's going to listen to this, if you want to, you know, you can always. Uh, you. She, I'm sure she would have got. Should been she like to invite you onto an Instagram page. And you know to get the follows and because she's obviously vegan and things like that. So anyone out there that wants to go on the Instagram page, you can have a look because she's very um, an eclectic mix, shall I say. <laughs>
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, I think um, I'm con- maybe maybe I'm a little confusing looking. So I, I got a lot of, um, you know, I get the questions. I still get them. But in Florida, it's a little different. It, it's intriguing. They are excited. To find out where you're from and and why you look the way that you look, and, and as opposed to the way that I was asked in West Virginia, which was kind of um, degrading, and I was kind of looked down on because I was my I was a mixed breed, is what they would call it. Um, and then me and my brother and my sister went to um, <coughs> Catholic school, so uh, we went to private school, and then we were also and that's another reason I tell people I sound like this because I was raised around, you know, white kids. It's not that I'm trying to sound like anything or anyone, you know, um, I had a period of time there, uh, off you, and what on. Do
0: you, what do you mean by that I meaning? What do you mean by, is backstory to um, it backstory Is it backstory that people, are, are people being- Yeah, I used
1: to be loud? told, wh- why are you why why are you trying to be white? Why do you sound like that? With, with, You're trying with, to be white. From, did you
2: get
1: that from? When you were Bla- in West Virginia, West Virginia, Virginia. In West Virginia, and that, you know, I used to say I I would get picked on the most by my own people, by 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 by, 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 by black girls, by black people, by black chicks. They, um, I got hated on a lot. Um, you know, <clears throat> she. She thinks she's white. Look at her with her hair. Look at how she sounds. Look at her friends, because I had white friends because they were the ones that would hang out with me. I wanted black friends. I really, really did. They, I I don't know why I was shunned by my own people. It was, um, it was rough, I'll be honest with you. It was really hurtful and it was really rough. And, um, uh, I had white boyfriends. Um, and then I, and then also when I turned, was a, a teenager, I had some black boyfriends. I, I, it's not like I was prejudiced in any way. I was, um, it was difficult for me, just put it that way. It was just really kind of difficult for me. And um, I think my look is intriguing to. Uh, white guys. I don't. I, I don't know how else to say it, but I guess it is. I don't know. I have more of uh, people that I've gone out with um, are white. I've been engaged three separate times in my life. They were all white. I never married any of them, but um, I changed my mind on all, on all my engagements. But um, <clears throat> so I'm never married. But what led me to Florida was one year I was. Um, I was brutally attacked by three very large black girls. Um, And I was saved by two strange strangers, white people that pulled up and got out of their car and threw these girls off of me and put me into their car and drove away. And I don't know who they are still to this day. I have no idea. Um, But they saved my life because. I was getting the holy hell
0: beat out of me. What, what,
1: age um, was,
0: what age was you then? I
1: was 16. I was 16. I got a car when I turned 16. Um, my grandmother bought me a car. And um, I don't know. I, I just, maybe they thought I was spoiled. Maybe they thought that I, thought I was better than other people. I, I don't know. I didn't think that I portrayed myself that way. I really just wanted to be
0: accepted. Was I
2: really
0: just want to was in West up. Virginia. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So in West Virginia, then, how were the? Just an aside. How were the? How were the black people? I'm talking about the darks. I'm talking about black people as in dark-skinned black people. Mm-hmm. How were they treated in West Virginia? Were they, was it? Was it? Was it? By white people? Was it? Was it racism towards them? I don't. I mean. I,
1: yes. Yes. And still is. I mean that I love going to visit. I love seeing my family. It is a beautiful state. It is beautiful. Lots of mountains, lots of um especially like in the they have every season and all of these things. Um but it's still very prejudiced. I mean, it's sad, to be honest with you. It's disappointing. You would think by now it wouldn't be so. But it is. Yeah.
0: So, so, so black people were more, they were more in the minority in West Virginia. You would say that there was it wasn't a mix there. It was kind of like was it was it segregation or um, was it black on one side, white on one side? What? When I go
1: back up there, it's a lot more you know it's a lot more mixed now than it was when you know in the 80s or the 90s when I was a kid. Um, so now when I go back to visit, it's kind of it's a little funny to me to see um, <laughs> to see white grandma walking around with her very very tan grandbaby because there's been a lot of mixing going on oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> in the town. So I actually, <laughs> I get a little chuckle out of it because there's a lot more of that um, when you go home. Yeah. So thanks, are... sir.
0: Huh? But...
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like all that
0: bigotry now you got a, gra- a brown grandbaby good for you <laughs> <laughs> so um you, were you were you do you see that as looking back now out of time do you see growing up like you said you had a you, you wasn't insulated but do you did you when you start to realize that you were different did you find that you were being bullied a lot or was it the odd occasional and how did that affect you, the bullying?
1: I was bullied, yeah, I was, quite a bit, um, off and on, it wasn't continuous, thank God, um, but it was enough that I have enough memories, yeah, it's interesting how your brain can capture a memory and make it so new and, and fresh and like it just happened and some of your memories are very hard to retrieve and, and some are are not <laughs> and some of those are not they're not hard to retrieve at all yeah. they're, they're still quite fresh
0: and, and was the bullying did the bullying affect your relationship I'm presuming it would have affected you affect your relationship with people or or people around you, you want more, did, how did it affect your the dynamics of you growing up and were you were you quite insular did you, did you lose confidence
1: um yeah um, it it made me question like myself and it made me um my self esteem was not as it should have been um and I, um, I suffered a little bit of a, you know, I had some eating disorders as a child, because um, I could control that. That was something that I could control. Um, Uh, And that just fluctuated and and bounced back and forth between a little anorexia and a little bulimia. You know, sometimes you throw up, sometimes you don't. Most times you you keep yourself from eating, you know, exercising in the middle of the night when everybody's sleeping. Um, uh, Just strange behavior stuff that you can control. At least I could control that. that.
0: Was that a byproduct of the bullying or was that something that you had before?
1: Um, I think it was just a part of my, I don't know if I call it a byproduct of bullying. It's just a part of my trying to transition into, um, you know, teenager and and that teenage years were really just kind of hard for me. It wasn't, um, it wasn't my, my most fun, honestly. It was kind of tough. So, uh, teenage years were rough for me. Um, So, I was trying to find things that I could have some control over, and maybe that was it, was controlling my food and my food intake, and, and just trying to keep my sanity, I guess. Um, but I wasn't quite sane because I was doing things that are not mentally sound. Um, but yeah, I did that. Um,
0: I want experimented those, with. Do you want to talk about those things? Mm-hmm. Because I'm interested in because now we're talking about a combination of what you went through, but also oh. the bulimia. bulimia. And I've had someone on the podcast, and this is this is this is what I want to get to the crux of it, people to come on to talk about the things that they've been through, so people can learn about what it, what you know, these these things are. So, eating disorders and what may have caused it, and how it affected your your everyday life. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Um. um well. We see. Now, that's the reason why, I saw. Sorry, I think that's, saw... why, sorry, that's the reason why I mentioned because for some people it could be the effect of let's just uh, let's just say I said bullying. Then it could be effect of something that caused them to for to, to 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 affect them that they end up with an eating disorder. Or was this something that? You know that's what i'm just trying to work out with you know was it effective yeah bullying that cause eating disorder I, like,
1: <laughs> I saw a i, I think i saw a, like one of these after school movies or something and then on eating disorder and and then i think i read a book on it and um which should have deterred me from it right but it actually um, intrigued me in a way that it was like it, it put me into a different i was in a different world it was like an inner world it was my world and nobody knew about it you know it was like my own thing and um again like i said it was something that was mine i could control nobody knew about it it was my secret it was my thing and it, and i was quiet about it and um and because you're so malnourished, you sleep a lot. Like I would nap quite a bit. And, um, and then that would also keep me from eating because if I'm sleeping, then I'm not eating. Um, and it was just like a, a, a way of having some sort of control over my life. Because um, you don't feel, when you're a teenager, sometimes you don't feel like you have any control over what's going on you're forced to go to school you're forced to be around people that you don't want to be around um you know and nobody knows what you're going through when you leave your house and you have to go be around these people that and then you're trying so desperately to fit in and find your place around um all of these different people, you know. Like when I went to high school, it was like, okay, my town had three junior highs, but then when it was time to go to high school, they threw us all into one high school. One giant high school. So I'm surrounded by all kinds of people from all different areas of this small area of West Virginia. Um it wasn't just Beckley where I was from Beckley, it was all the surrounding little areas too and all these different people. And now I gotta figure out where I fit in. And I just really had a hard time feeling like I fit in anywhere. And I had a couple of really good girlfriends. um, And at least I had them. And um, we're still friends to this day. Um, But junior high and high school was not the best times for me as it should be for, for most people it's, I think it's tough for a lot of people being a teenager is kind of hard yeah 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 I yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. didn't like it yeah. yeah so basically what you're saying is then in a sense then that you're because it was it was you couldn't control your environment and you couldn't control that you had to go to that school and you couldn't control like you say your environment and the people having certain friends or fitting in You had You You had something Where you could control yourself Which was The eating The eating disorder You could actually control That's something for you Away from No one No one knows I do this Um, You don't need to know it This is my little secret And it's your It was kind of like It's kind of like An aside of fitting in You you, I don't fit in there But I can fit in In this environment Where I can just um, Eat and not eat Or sleep and and not tell anybody
1: yeah basically yeah it was something yeah well thank god it was temporary but it was a time in my life that at least i had something that i felt like i had control over
0: yeah because yeah. Mm-hmm. and your parents were your parents around at that time you know were they both parents around at the time and w- mm-hmm. were you close And them were you is that, is that another thing where you couldn't talk to them or...
1: Yeah, um, both my parents were around. Um, they were together, you know, um, up until the day my, my father passed. Um, I, <clears throat> but um, I don't... Parent, parenting is very different these days than it was when I was little and, and then even going back to when my mom was little, like it's so evolved and it's, I think we're so much better now to be honest with you with how we are with our children. Um, um, we, we talk to them, we explain things to them. They, they know, they spend more time with parents now because of COVID and everything, the way it is like we're their friends. We're their parents, but we're also their friends. So I, my daughter knows so much more than I did when I was 11 years old, (laughs) you know? So I was kind of, um, we were, parents then had multiple children. So it was like, go outside and play with your brother. Go play. Go do that. Like we were kind of, kids were, we were off on our own and we learned a lot of things from our friends. And um... Things, things are different now you know um my daughter knows a lot more than I ever did when I was 11 years old um so the lines of communication are just very different than when I was younger so um I even though my parents were there and they loved me very much um they, parenting style parenting was just different and um, we had to figure out a lot of things on our own unfortunately and that left kids kind of confused (laughs) for the most part and we experimenting on our own and figuring out things on our own um, which I do not encourage I don't think it's healthy I think you should always be the parent should be the first one to tell their child stuff (laughs) they should not be learning it from their friends trust me
0: yeah yeah that's right because i, I, I know what, what happens with teenagers obviously i was one, one myself is that you, you you can turn to things like drugs and cigarettes you know first cigarettes and drugs and
1: and that's now you're just touching on another topic because you know that's basically what happened to me as well you know it evolved from having some control over my food and everything like that to yeah, I started smoking at a young age. I smoked for a very long time. I did, I smoked cigarettes for a long time. Um, I don't smoke anymore, thank God. And I actually think back on it and go, I don't even know how I used to smoke. Like, it's so gross. <laughs> it smells so bad, and it's just so I don't even know how I did it for so long, but it's very addictive, and I, I, I mean, I understand it, but it's just gross but um yeah i evolved into trying my first cigarette and smoking cigarettes and um, um trying drugs doing drugs drinking alcohol like i was trying to find my way yeah, trying, to, trying to find my happy yeah trying to, <laughs> trying to
0: fit in and like you say and you and all this would be done behind you know in a sense, behind your parents back, your parents wouldn't know unless they found out later on or whatever. Um, because mm-hmm. maybe because mm-hmm. they didn't have time to... to, to be, they didn't have time because they have multiple kids or didn't have time to connect with you. Or, I don't mean connecting that way, but like you said, they sent you out and you had to find your own way. It was
1: just different. I think there was a lot of assumption. I think they just assume everything is okay. I just assumed everything was fine until something wasn't fine. That's kind of how it worked then, you know? Everything is fine until the school calls. Everything is fine until your child gets into a fight. Like, they don't, they didn't really know what was going on until something bad happened. And then they say, well, what's going on? Well, you know,
0: let's talk, let's
1: chat. But it wasn't like that.
0: First time, or whenever it was that you, um, where your parents, when when your parents found out, or you know, like you say, you know, you know, what was what was happening in your life then? Oh, I was an adult. I
1: mean, I was living here. So, I moved so here the, when I was seventeen. So there was no,
0: situa- so there was no situations where sc- anything to do with school or any problems in that situation. Then?
1: No, I mean, like, did I get caught at school because I was drunk or high or something like that? No, 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 no. no. I wasn't like that. Um, no, but uh, because, you know, it, it's so important to talk to your children. It is so important to know where their heads are at so that you can guide them and you can encourage them to stay on or help them choose a right path. For instance, I grew up very athletic. In the midst of all of this, I was still very athletic. I was on the swim team from the time we moved to West Virginia um my mom was the aquatics director at the ymca i grew up in the ymca um, me and my brother and my sister i were there every single day after school like that like kind of all we knew I, all i knew was swimming i learned how to swim and at the y i was immediately put on the swim team and i swam i swam all the time like that was kind of it and then um As we got older, uh, we tried other things, you know, we were very athletic. We all played soccer. Um, I even tried volleyball. I did softball for a season. I took dance for a little while. Like, I just wanted to kind of do a little bit of everything. I enjoyed being athletic and I enjoyed um, team. I enjoyed competition. I enjoyed the way um, it felt Um, going to swim meets and feeling nervous and uh, there's nothing like a swimming there is nothing like that feeling when you are next to get up on the block and those nerves that are kicking in and um, if you have ever watched the Olympics and you you hear the guy on the mic when he just simply take your mark and it, it's just so it's beautiful <laughs> it's like a symphony I love the sport of swimming and um, and um if I I feel like and I'm not blaming anybody because um, your parents do the best that they can with what they know that's it and I've had to come to that realization so that I could stop being angry because <laughs> <laughs> I did go through a period of time where I was I was um I was a little angry I felt like um I felt like i could have used a lot more guidance i could have used a lot more help in those times of my life and my life would have been very very different um i you know and then i probably wouldn't have my daughter and all of these different things because you know the, the butterfly effect one little choice could change your whole life and 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 it would have i i would have probably Continued. I would have continued swimming, and I would have gotten a scholarship because I was very good. I was very good. I'm not just saying that. I was a very good swimmer. Um, and I would have gone to school for it and all these things, as opposed to moving here and finding my own way and paying for college myself and you know digging my way through school. It would have been a different life. And, and but I can't, because of my daughter, I cannot be upset about any of the choices that I made. Because she's here yeah. because of the
0: choices that I yeah, made. No, I know, I, what mean. I have that, It's that thing. It? Like if somebody hadn't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> believe me on that.
1: Yeah, because of her. If she wasn't here, yeah. then I would probably be a little more bitter. <laughs> but but um, she, when you have a child, you, you, you can't say anything. You're like, you know, my life went this way so that I could be here with this little person and now all those things that i didn't get or i don't i think i should have gotten or whatever i can give to her and i can teach her yeah. so that her life can be um better than mine ever yeah has I know, been i know
0: i know i know because i was going to say this to you i was going to say this to you because i, I know from your instagram um, where you post certain things, I think she does swimming. As one time, does she do swimming as well?
1: Yes, yeah, so she's an excellent little swimmer. I love it. You have no idea; it does my heart such crazy joy that's to I mean. watch her swim. Yeah, she's got a beautiful butterfly. It's yeah, just
0: so she's, yeah. it's gorgeous. That's what I mean. What I mean. Very, that, when I saw that, and then now I've just connected it with the with the podcast and your upbringing and and things like that. I can see where, and then you spoke about um the, the difference in parenting and stuff like that. I can see where you're coming from, in terms of where now you, um, you 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 you, you want to protect your child from anything that you went through, or the things that you you, you can't absolutely. You and I want to. There's certain things that you know that you went through that no, I don't want that for my I don't want that for my child. Um, because absolutely it always affected me.
1: Yes. And I wanna guide her. I wanna I wanna be there for her and help guide her. I, I really I really could've used a lot more guidance, honestly. It would have changed my life. But you know, I again I can't I can't be mad at my parents. They just I think they just they just did the best they did could with what they do and with the way times were then, yeah. I mean, it's just very different. We're going back 30 years now or even 30 years more. So I mean, I'm 46 years old now. So, um, yeah, uh, it's just guidance. Guidance can change your life. And if I could be there with her and guide her and encourage her a lot of good encouragement and let her know that, you know, I tell her all the time, you can do anything. Nobody is better than you. We're all on the same playing field here. We all come from the same place. We're all just in different, we all just look different. That's all. But we all come from the exact same place. So we all have the same power. You can do anything, you know. Um, and if she has any questions that want to come to me, come to me first. Don't go to anybody else. Because they don't know, what, I always tell her they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Trust me. I know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. So you're 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 a teenager now. You're you you you're drinking drugs and the bulimia. when did the bulimia ever stop or what you know when did everything kind of come to a head or was it, or did it carry on for a few years?
1: Um, I'm trying to think. That was that's something that um. It was prevalent around the age of uh, fourteen, I would think. Thirteen, fourteen is when that started, which is kind of I think the common denominator for a lot of anorexics and bulimics it, is around teenage years. Yeah. And then it, you you can, I think they it fades out. You can get over it, or it fades out by the time all. Uh, your older teens like 18 19 20 if it continues at that point this person has a major psychological issue um, and um, they need a lot of uh, behavioral health and they need some some help Um, but it kind of transitioned for me it just went from anorexia bulimia to the party girl you know started hanging out and partying and, and and then coming down to Florida that it made it a lot easier to be the party girl. I mean, this is the place for
0: that. Yeah. Do you think you so. you did do, do you think you made it back? do you have to were you leaving your parents behind? Or were you we spoke about then about being beaten up and stuff like that? You said you're going to Florida. Were you leaving on your own or was you was it a whole family? I did. I
1: left and I, I actually one day, um, at school, I remember it very, very vividly. One of the girls that attacked me and that parking lot I was telling you about, the three girls jumped me and everything. One of those girls (laughs) transferred to my school. She lived in a whole other town, and all of a sudden she transferred to my school and landed in my Spanish class. And she was a bully. I mean, and she I was like, I'm a little girl, I'm small. You know, and I was probably what like 110 pounds. These girls were like 160, 70, 80. They were big girls. Okay, um, they had no business beating up on me. Let me tell you. But she was a bully. Yeah, she was a bully, and she was in my class. And she finally she said something to me one day, and I somehow I had the nerve, and I. I, I I said something back to her, I can't remember what it was, and I grabbed my books, and I left, and I went downstairs, and I called my mom, we had pay phones then, and I called my mom from the pay phone, and I said, remember pay yeah. I said, I'm, I'm leaving, I said, and I need you to call grandma, I said, because I want to move to Florida, I'm not coming back here tomorrow, or the next day, or the next day, this is it, yeah. and I got my car, and I left the school, I didn't, where are you going, Miss Wynn? I'm leaving. I'm not coming back. And um, I got in my car and I went home. And my mom called my grandma, and that was it. I came. And I I got my start living with my grandmother.
0: So yeah. So you, I'm trying to I'm trying to dissect this because so your mom was happy for you to 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 go.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Why, why was that, by the way? Is it because the dynamics in the house, or...?
1: I think, it was, I think it was just the dynamics in general. It was so much that was going on with me, you know? Um, she did, at one point, catch me downstairs throwing up. She could hear me. That pissed her off. Instead of being concerned and asking me if I was OK and hugging me and stuff like that, she walked away from me, so that... Kind of hurt. Um, uh, I, I don't think my mom knew how to deal with me. That's all. Oh, so. And you know, sometimes out of sight, out of mind is easier for some people to deal with. Right.
0: Okay. Now I'm getting. Um, I'm getting it now. That your, your dynamics in the house with your mom wasn't all that you should have been. Or your parents. You can say your mom in this instance because she's probably one of the, could have been the one the closest to you at the time. Um, your dynamics in the house was as strong as it should have been, and then there was a lot of problems, issues with you that she probably couldn't deal with. Um, mm-hmm. and she was trying to deal with it, she was trying to deal with it in a way which was not conducive to the situation that was happening. was good to say.: Yes. Yeah Yeah. So there's a lot of problems, you know, that led to all those things, and that's what I am talking about the um, bulimia because bulimia, um, there's lots of things that can lead to it, and then obviously, like you said, is there's a transfer of going from that to other things, whether it's smoking or whatever, anything that you can attach yourself to that can, um, it's, it's almost like a knock on effect, don't it, of leading from one thing to another, um, and it's about, yeah, and it's, a, it's about, um you controlling the situation and but also coping with the situation not just controlling the situation it's coping that those were your coping mechanisms
1: yes it was and that's very good that you recognize that it was i didn't know how to cope with anything i don't think and i at some point i was just trying to escape my reality and I think that's why a lot of people do drugs or drink. They're just trying to escape the reality, trying to escape the hurt. They don't know how to, they don't know how to deal with whatever is hurting them or something deep down inside that is hurting them. And you just want to escape it. You want to numb it. You want to shut it out. You just want to feel good. You Just want to feel good, yeah. you know. Um, and a lot of people are in a lot of pain, yeah.
0: you know. Because that that will then that's that's. I'm looking now because I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about these things now. When we look at things like self harm, self harm isn't this thing where someone's. Everyone associates self harm as this thing where you cut themselves, but that is that is a that is something that comes later because there's other things that lead up to that. There's other things that lead to that situation of where you're going to be cutting yourself. So, and for different people, it's different. It's different things. So your coping mechanism was. Um, eating and then you know the bulimia and but because oh, as a child because at that age a teenage you're still a child and you we can't at at no matter how much we teach kids we cannot we cannot um they cannot never understand things that are going off because they're always because when you're at that age there's always a uh, question marks particularly as, and particularly as a, as a girl as well we you, you 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 start to you may start to um you're starting to grow you're starting to grow in you you're in other areas your you, your mind starts to, grow, your starts to grow your body starts to grow your body starts to change and you start to question yourself um you start you know you start to get some people get um the the cycle um there's too many
1: things happening there's, so many things there's happening. just too many things happening in those years and um if you don't have a good guidance and a lot of conversations about what's going on, then you're left to figure it out in your own head, and that's the thing we have to be—we have to be kinder and gentler and more understanding of others because we have no idea of what is going on in that person's head. What are their thoughts? What are they thinking? What are the thoughts that if they don't want to have? that keep coming up you know that's kind of like abusing yourself in a way a lot of people do that too they constantly bring up stuff that hurts them and they keep replaying it in their mind and they live in a state a state of depression or a state of misery or a state of fear Um, and that's part of it too so your coping mechanism is you know whatever it is if it's pharmaceuticals uh, see therapists um, uh, drugs to numb it alcohol to numb it yeah, um, poor relationships relation, people get in codependent relationships too yeah, just to feel
0: uh,
1: needed and wanted yeah, and, loved
0: and loved and yes that's nothing yet and so yeah you, you would have felt unloved because of the situation you're going through plus there's nobody you can't turn to anybody to 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 help you and back you or defend you because you're not sure how they're going to react. And even if they do react to something, it's something... It's funny because how they react to something that you dealt with before, previously and it's less to say the, the person who reacted it angrily, then you're never going to be able to go back to that person to speak to them. You're never going to trust them to... To know, do you know understand what I mean? So if you come up with a yeah. situation, yeah. you never know you're going to be thinking, I'm not going to come talk to you now because you're going to react angrily, and you're supposed to be my mom or my dad. Yeah. You're supposed yeah. to be close. To exactly. So,
1: or, or yeah. the way, even worse uh, scenario is you go to that person, and then they don't say anything, and they just walk away from you, and you're just left with the whatever you've spilled out. Yeah. You built up enough courage to get it out of your being, and then that person—mother, father—but in my case, it was my mom. You know, just she walked away from me twice in my life, and it really um, didn't help. Yeah, yeah, and then, and
0: didn't then, help. Yeah, and, then that, that's what, and you lose, you, you lose. And there's a, this is this, this is this conundrum where you have somebody who's who's like a parent who's giving their all. They they put put on this planet and you look up to them. I I always I always have this thing where I'm laughing now because I always have this thing where um, And I ask, ask people this is that when you have a when you when your parents and you're when you're growing up you see them as um, as mortal or immortal. And until they, mm-hmm. get sick, until they get sick, you realise, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I didn't realise that you got sick. Because maybe they're hidden it or they're hidden how they felt or they didn't cry in front of you. And mm-hmm. and that's that thing about, that's part of communication, isn't it? Communication is not just the talking, it's, it's them showing a vulnerability to you.
1: Yes, and, and that's one of the reasons why I am... So trans, very transparent with my daughter. That's why I, um, I will apologize to her if if she needs to if that's the right thing to do, and I was wrong, and she needs to hear it. And then I will explain to her, you know, why. You know, I'm learning too. I'm I don't know everything, uh, and I tell her, Skyla, a lot of adults are just kind of big kids we don't get to be kids long enough that's part of the problem (laughs) you don't get to be a kid long enough and you're kind of thrown into this adult world pretty quickly and you're expected to know you're expected to know things that maybe somebody didn't even teach you you know i (laughs) i was 17 down here i had to learn adult things on my own honestly i've learned how to be an adult on my own um a lot of things that i just wasn't told you know um so i explained to her that nobody knows everything we're all here still learning you know i will make mistakes too and, and sometimes i'll say things that i probably shouldn't say i shouldn't have said but i will always apologize to you because i'm not perfect you know and i i give for that because um parents I remember being back then when I was younger, parents would be wrong, but they wouldn't apologize. They would just say stuff like, because I said so. I hated that. I hated that so much because I said so, but tell me why. I want to know why. Can you teach me why instead of just telling me because I said so, now go to your room? Like, those were the kinds of answers that you got in my when I was a kid, and it just it's not good enough. Damn it, it's not good enough because it leaves so many holes for that person to figure out things on their own, which means they make a lot of mistakes, and they can make some really damaging life mistakes because they didn't get the guidance that they needed when they were younger. yeah.
0: And um, yeah, just to let you know, we've been. It's, I think it's an hour and eight minutes. If you, if you, if you want to do another one, another day, or you want to keep going for another 15, 10 minutes, it's up to you.
1: Well, we can keep going. I think we're we're doing pretty. If you want to, if you, no, it's no, no, up I'm, to you. If I'm, you're
0: I'm, ready to, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the conversation, so yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, it's just it's it's, it's learning about um, that what we do. As what we do as adults can have a kind of an effect on our children and some and sometimes it takes us long it takes us a long time to to figure out what was going off in our parents' lives to make them the way they were to then bring us up because then we have to try and make those changes don't we so sometimes you might have to go back to them and ask them you know. years later why would why did this happen why were you like this and sometimes we don't get answers still don't get answers but
1: i didn't get answers i did that Uh, i think people start to have a a life i call it a life review um once you cross over 40 something happens um in your mind. I don't know, at least it happened to me yes, and it's, it's, a couple of, a few called, other people that it's I've It's called
0: maturity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and yeah. some people that I've spoken to, which you cross over 40, you have like a life review and you just kinda review your life, especially if you have children. Yeah. Because you're viewing how you're raising yours and you're remembering how you were raised. And you remember some of the things like and it made me do a life review. And I had times where, you know, me and my brother are very close and um, we're separated by like a year and a few months and I mean we shared a room until I was like 12 and um, he lives about 30 minutes away and we talk probably every single day Um, and we could be on the phone for an hour to two hours and it feels like nothing this is all the time Um, but um, I remember um, Oh, Jesus Christ, I just lost my train of thought, I'm so sorry. No, no worries, no worries, you're talking about your brother and... and I'm so sorry. Um, what were we talking about? I just completely lost, I went blank.
0: you talk about your brother and and, and how, you, how you both grew up and, and things like that, and you're growing up, and then you would speak...
1: Oh, the life review, the, the life review. Reviews. Okay, so I was telling, I called him, and I was telling him about some of the things that I felt could have been better, that should have been better. And, and I had to come to the conclusion that, like I said before, I, they just, they did the best that they could, they yeah. did the best with what they knew. Yeah. My, my You know, I gotta remember how my mom was raised, um, which was even more hardcore. Like back then, they used to get spanked by the neighbors. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then they would go home and then they would get spanked again. By their parent because they were embarrassed that the neighbor at me. How in the world was another person allowed to hit your child, and then you hit your child on top of that? Yeah. Like to me, it was that's just so barbaric. I cannot, for the life of me, understand how any grown up, any big person, can hit a small person ever, yeah. like ever. I don't care what my daughter does. I'm not hitting her. Jesus Christ. And I don't have to see that's the thing. We have such a relationship, a a communication back and forth. um, And I don't have to hit her. Like we talk, she can come to me. I, I, I tell her what she needs to know next about this reality. About what I always tell her, I said, before I leave this planet, you will be awake. I am waking you up before I leave, Because you need to know what's really going on here.
0: Yeah. And also I don't lie to her. And also, there's an acknowledgement. There, there comes a realization and acknowledgement in you that she's a human and she will make mistakes as well. It's just um, you know that you're going to be there to help her to deal with those mistakes or or pick her up. Should you know, should she fall? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, that's that's a situation where. There's, you might not have that we might not have had that as kids growing up um we might not have had somebody to pick us up and when, when we um, when we in certain situations when we fell and and we made mistakes or we went out there and 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 did certain things you know in our lives so it's it's it's, it's like it's almost like break, breaking a generational no, I don't it,
1: is. It. A gen- it is. It like is a, like a generational curse. Like welfare is a generational curse. Um, uh, abuse is a generational curse. Uh, alcoholism yeah. is a generational curse. And those things are passed down. Um, and definitely breaking that. I, I think we were expected to know things that we were never told. That's another thing that used to drive me crazy. I told my Parents would get upset because we did something, but you didn't teach me what to do or not to do in this scenario. So if I did something that was not right, how could you be upset with me when you didn't yeah. give me the information a- ahead of time? Like there was no, so why are you mad at me? How am I supposed to know? Yeah. You know, we were expected to know things that we were never taught. And I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Um, so, so you went to, I can never get mad
0: at her for stuff she doesn't know, because it's my fault if she doesn't know it. Yeah. So you went to, so if, if, kind of carrying the journey. So you went to Florida and, and things happen in Florida. Were the thing, you obviously, you, you you mentioned it before, and I, and I was going to say the same thing is that like you escaped. And do you feel, Did you feel like that yeah. weight off your back? Or did were you coming across, were you coming amongst other was other things happening in Florida um, to make you feel happy, like you say, partying and all that sort of stuff? Or was it, was it better or worse? Or how, you know, what was the dynamic? You from-
1: I felt, I felt, yeah, like I did escape. And I felt a lot of times I, did, I felt free. Um, Cause I'm down here. I mean, I met so many different kinds of people. Like I never, there's no Haitian people in West Virginia. Like, I my my first first Haitian friend, we're still friends to this day. Um, His name's Manny, he's amazing. Um, And I I met a lot of different kinds of people. And it was cool to be different. Like, everybody was kind of mixed down here, you know? We had all kinds. And then you had people back, I guess, like back when Obama was, was president. We had people washing up on shore from Cuba. You know, like we have all kinds of stuff going on down here, all kinds of people, all kinds of things. It's a melting pot, and I got to blend in, and it just made me feel a lot more comfortable and a lot more freer. And um, I was still, you know, partying for the escape, um, uh, and to, to be to feel to try to feel happy you know, I was just
0: trying to find happy somewhere and and what, what what did you you know I was going to ask you this what did you want to be when you i mean growing up you, you want you, you said swimming is that did you want to be a swimmer on, and what you know when you went to florida did did your life change in terms of in terms of getting going to college going to work and and what happened? yeah what happened?
1: Uh, I keep talking about encouragement and guidance because if I I'm telling you if I had a little a little more encouragement a little more guidance like a little more I think if uh, there was more emphasis put on my swimming career and more then I that's where I would have gone um, but things happened. I moved here I attempted to start swimming again um, I went to one. I went to one swim practice, and I felt I was. Com- I was really completely out of shape. I hadn't swam in months, and I was so tired and so sore at the end of that swim practice that I didn't go back. And no one encouraged me to stay. And no one. And I didn't have. And there was other dynamics, you know. My grandmother wasn't gonna in invest. I don't know, really, in it. And I didn't ask. I always never. I never asked. Um, Once I moved, I never asked my parents for for anything. I never asked them for money. I never asked them for anything. Um, And so there was no investment in swimming. You know, you needed a competitive suit. You needed the cap. You needed goggles. You needed all of these things. And where was I going to get that money from? I wasn't going to start asking my grandmother (laughs) for all this money to do these things. And I just never asked my parents. So I just didn't go back. So um, I ended up uh, graduating. Uh, by the skin of my teeth. Um, I had really great grades until my senior year. And then, uh, again, no encouragement, no guidance. I didn't know how important SAT scores were. I had no idea, none whatsoever, none whatsoever. I, so much so that I thought the test was bullshit and I I, I, I won't even tell you what my scores were. Like I, it was probably the most embarrassing thing of my life um so i ended up not the most embarrassing i've got i could fill a book with embarrassing things in my life But, but um i ended up taking a year off from school when i graduated high school and then in that year i realized i need to go to school because i was looking on at humans that have that are failing at life like at that time I was 18 so somebody that was 30 was old to me right yeah. so I'm seeing someone like 30 35 and they're living like shit and I'm like why are you living like shit and it's because they made shitty choices and I was like okay listen I got to go back to school so um, I put myself into a community college and I wanted to be I said you know what Let's go to school to be a teacher. You know, you get your summer. It was, it's all the perks, right? Summer's off, holidays, all these things. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I yeah. know. No, yeah, it sounds like a good deal, right? <laughs> it, is, it, is. it is. a good
0: deal for me. I love
1: it. <laughs> um, and I got, let's see, right before it was to get into those, those core classes, I did the prereqs, reqs And um, I was teaching, I was learning at preschools and I was teaching at preschools and things like that. And then I was doing, I got my first, uh, like, I I guess I would call it a clinical, but I don't know what else to call it, where you go out and you're actually at at an elementary school. And I was shadowing a teacher out there. And I decided, I don't think I have the patience for this. And I don't think I had the patience in conjunction with the pay would make me very bitter. I'm not getting paid enough to put up with all of this. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I changed my mind and um, I went back to school for, I said, let me go do some research. And I went into whatever that education room is at the, at the community college. And I said, how do I pull up all your, what do you offer in the medical field? And I said, these are all of our courses. And I sat there and I reviewed every course, what the classes were, uh, how long it'll take me, and then what I'll make. What is my rate of pay when I get out of school? And I kind of went at it in, like, in an educational, scientific way, and I settled on nursing. And um, because there's so many avenues to nursing, um, you want to do pediatrics, you want to do endoscopy, you want to do uh, geriatrics. I mean, you can go anywhere in nursing. You get tired of doing one thing, you go do something else. Um, everything is learnable everything. Um, I've learned not to be impressed by anybody anymore. I think everything is learnable. Nobody's better than anybody, not the CEO, maybe a brain surgeon or a heart surgeon. They're pretty good, (laughs) some pretty hard work, but, um, a lot of things are learnable, you know, it's not like nobody's better than anybody. So, um, that's another subject. Um, I like to harp on that one for a little bit, but, um, so I decided on nursing, and I'm glad I did. Um, it's extremely rewarding. I absolutely love it when I'm taking care of others. Um, it makes me. I always tell people I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I know because when I when I start working, no matter what is going on in my life, if I, no matter what, I mean I could be in the worst place in my head. I could. Be thinking all kinds of horrible things and feeling bad or whatever. But as soon as I start taking care of my patients,
0: I feel better. Yeah, I, know. I feel better. I know because I. I oh. I'm going to give you a, a bit later on about. You we know, a bit about why I believe that you are calling because um, of the things you've been through. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, we'll go we'll go into that. Mm-hmm. Later. Um, so yeah. You're, yeah, you you become a nurse. Um, so. What's life like, you know, life like for you when, you know, you become, you decided you decide to become a nurse, you're becoming a nurse. All the things that you've been through, or is there any other things that you came across that, um, your relationship with your, 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 your parents, your mum, or whatever, was there, anything, was there any hardships that you had to go through um, on this journey of, of being a nurse and, and just growing into a woman?
1: Um, well, because of a lot of my decisions of my coping mechanisms, I experienced, um, a lot of, I've had a lot, quite a number of health issues and when I was studying nursing, a lot of this stuff was familiar to me because I had been through it. <laughs> um, mostly digestive, you know, gastritis, pancreatitis, colitis, um, uh, the, all the inflammation of—I um, about had every single one of them, and uh, some of the courses were easy for me to understand because I had been there.
0: And was that self-diagnosis um, or was you diagnosed with that? You, no, no, you, I have no self-diagnosis. It? I was hospitalized. Uh-huh. Oh, so you were hospitalized. Uh-huh. When was the first Many time, times. When was the first time then that you you came across? an issue with your, with your stomach?
2: Ah,
0: uh, God, how old was I? It
1: was in my 20s. Yeah. Mm, I would say around, I think around 27. 27 is when I started um, having issues. Um, and... Like I said, I think the first time was gastritis, and I was hospitalized also for pancreatitis. Pancreatitis is always because you're drinking too much. Gastritis could be because of poor diet and you're drinking too much. Right. Okay.
0: So, like, so for the listeners out there, could you tell them tell them what what were the symptoms of that? What were the, the what was the symptoms of of any of those causes, like gastritis and and pancreatitis? But what were the symptoms of you being hospitalized so that people can know that if if because there's going to be people out there that are maybe going through similar um scenarios Mm -hmm. what were the sort of pain pain a lot of pain
1: pain is a number one a lot of pain so much pain that it actually sends you to the ER you can't even deal with it at home you're just doubled over in pain most of the times you can't even stand up straight um and it's continuous It, it and then once it subsides, right? Because you're uneducated and you don't know what it is. A lot of people don't know that they're doing it to themselves. So you are repeating the same behaviors that you did that got you there. So you have another glass of wine and you eat something that you probably shouldn't, that, that's not helping the issue. Um, and then you're doubled over in pain again. And you're like, why does this keep happening to me? And it's like, well, you're an alcoholic. <laughs> Stop drinking for a couple of days. but..." you know, you want to, you don't want to something about, it doesn't want to, you don't want to stop. You want to be able to continue to hang out with your friends. You want to, you don't want to be sick. You want to pretend like there's nothing wrong with you. You know, there's, when you're in your, your young twenties, you just want to fit in with your friends. You just want to be able to have that beer and chicken wings or whatever. You want to fit in with others and you're. maybe doing things that you know you really shouldn't be doing yeah, yeah. um it took me a long time to find my way my path what works for me and that meant that i had to i just had to i had to say no to a lot of things yeah. i had to change you know completely change in so many ways um and that's we'll get i guess we'll get to that that's a like a whole yeah. another Segment. Yeah, yeah, that would be podcast
0: as well. So when you, um, when you went into the hospital, were you, were you, um, obviously you were tested? And so was it anything to do with, was it anything operational or was it more, you know, um, send you away not to eat certain things, not to do certain things and, and, and how, and what, were you in shock by, were you in shock by the fact that they were telling you these things?
1: I didn't think I was doing anything that that bad. Like, you know, everyone listen, I always say denial and belief are a hell of a thing because you people will deny their way right into severe sickness. They won't, they don't think that what they're doing is that bad. You know, and the wall of denial, it can it's, it's amazing. I deal with denial every day with my patients and their families and, and just talking to people about, you know, in general, when we're talking to people about veganism even, and we try to get people to, to understand our point of view and they are in their own belief. People have their own belief and it, it's hard to break that wall of belief and it's hard to break that wall of denial. And um, I was in denial. I didn't think that I was really hurting myself that bad. Um, and I couldn't go as long as they wanted me to go without eating this certain thing or drinking this certain thing. I just couldn't understand it. Why does this person not get sick, but I'm sick? These people are doing way worse things than I'm doing. Why am I sick? Why me? You know, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the victim's anthem. Yeah. Why me? So, I was a, I was a
0: professional victim. Let me tell you. <laughs> so after, after <laughs> you were going through these things, and was it more things on top of it? What, what, what actually happened in the end to, to, to for you to end up? Did you end up have, uh, with far worse symptoms and then have an operation? Or what? What was a collective thing to 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 lead to this one thing that you think, you know, maybe I have to have an operation, or maybe I, I, there's something wrong down here?
1: Well, years of poor choices, poor lifestyle choices. And then people, I was diagnosed finally um, with ulcerative colitis. And ulcerative colitis, Crohn's is so, di- first it's difficult to, uh, to diagnose, it takes a while. And then once they figure out what you've got, um, they tell you what they think you should do to keep the symptoms at bay and um (laughs) it's a lot of things that i didn't want to really do you know i wanted to again be like everybody else i just wanted to eat what i wanted and drink what i wanted and not have to worry about it like why is this happening to me um so here they always say they don't know if you look up ulcerative colitis it'll say they don't know how it happens but they do know how it's exacerbated I have a pretty good idea of how my um, ulcerative colitis was started. i you know first, I had the eating disorders um, the and which if you have bulimia it's also you you're not only throwing up but you're also using laxatives these things <laughs> you should, and lots of them it's not good like you're just you're really disrupting the digestive system, the normal peristalsis of the system, the movement of everything there and Um, When you're doing that over years, you're just damaging your body. So with that, then my coping mechanism of alcohol and drugs, you know, throughout that time of my life, and then I went through a breakup, and I was so distraught over this breakup. When I tell you, it was almost as if he died, and I was mourning the death of someone, and I could not stop crying i'm telling you every time i thought of this man i was crying like he literally like he died he's still alive right now like yeah. but i was so messed up and every time my phone would ring is that him, is that him? Yeah. every time every I was in the hospital and I at one point, and I was hoping every time someone walked through the door, is that him, is that him? So I was living in this very high anxiety fight or flight kind of state. You cannot live in fight or flight for an extended period of time. The rush of the hormones associated with that are meant for temporary use. If you're living like that all the time, you're doing damage to your system, a lot, high cortisol levels, high stress levels. You're now damaging your cellular structure and you're downloading all this stress and sickness and disease into your cells. And then your cells reproduce every 30 days. So you're reproducing six cells every 30 days. And that builds and that builds and that builds. Now you have all this inflammation, and it's collecting here and it's collecting there and you're not getting it out right. And so over time, now you've got this disease now you're living in a diseased state and um, I made myself crazy now it's exacerbated by emotions and it's exacerbated by the food and I was doing both I mean I was just so mentally unstable and I was sad and, and anxious and on eggshells all the time and that is what led me to my, my. I got to a point where I was like 102 pounds, and um, I just couldn't eat. I did, I wanted to eat, but I couldn't. I lived in the bathroom. I lived in there. Um, I didn't. I didn't enjoy being that skinny at all. That. <laughs> now talk about whether well, there was a point in my life where I was trying to control my food and, and beat thin. Now I'm at a point where I want to eat and I can't.
0: So talk about the tables being turned on you. Yeah, so, it's you a collection, so, so it was a collection of the, the physical and mental. With, with, yeah, start, for sure. Because you start to worry and then you start to think, you know, why me and what's, why, did, why is this happening and why can't I just fit in and, you know, and all these things going off in your head and nobody's coming to help you and, and then you end up in the hospital Um mm-hmm. reaching out for somebody even you, you're just still that little girl reaching out even though you're an adult you're just still the little girl reaching out for somebody's help it's almost like an analogy of your younger age age. yeah and I was still kind of alone I remember uh, I,
1: I spent I spent most of my house mean, know, and you're in the hospital. You're in the hospital by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know I mean <laughs> yeah. People may come to visit you but they leave. Yeah. Know. So
0: So uh, what in, in were you ever after, when it all came to a head then did you what at what point did it come to a head where you say, you know what, maybe I need to I need to I need to stop all this, I need to change did somebody give you an information that if you keep going on like this, this might happen? Or was it, what brought you to sort of like this?
1: When I was in nursing program, I saw when I was, uh, when I was in GIGU and I was, we're on the topic of colitis and Crohn's and all of these things, I'm very familiar. And I, I know I'm going to pass this test because I know, I know all these answers, right? Um, they showed a picture of, um, of a stoma and a colostomy bag. And what can happen to you if you have you know severe colitis this is what we do we divert the colon and we get such and such and this and that and I was like oh my god I said so I hope that never happens to me Jesus Christ it's horrible that was my biggest fear be careful what you think about you get what you want Something you get what you think about good or bad if you think about it long enough and that was my biggest fear and it happened to me um, I eventually uh, ended up so sick Um, I didn't know how to cope with my feelings I didn't know how to cope with and I and I needed people outside of me to validate my existence to validate my feelings to make me feel worthy and if somebody wasn't making me feel worthy or, or or holding my hand or I was quite
0: codependent yeah and that's what it i is. was very I... and that's what i'm saying to you is it, as adults sometimes when we're going through some of, something as adults we can compare it to something that we've gone through as a child so you will look you're still waiting you, you're not you're not waiting just for anybody you're waiting for y- your parent your mom or somebody to walk through that door and hold your hand which they hadn't done as a child and that's what you're waiting for you're waiting for not just anybody anybody could walk up and hold your hand but you're waiting for someone maybe someone that's trusting but the main person you're looking for is somebody who's 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 helped to bring you into this world and that would be how
1: did you know honestly I I would have loved I told my sister my sister's still in West Virginia and I said I would have loved it if at one time I would have woke up and my mother was there yeah, I know. The she wasn't there like when i woke up after they operated on me and i woke up with a colostomy bag you know who was there my daughter's my my daughter's father's father my daughter's grandfather who's now passed away yeah. he was sitting right there. when i opened my eyes it was him he's not even my mother he's not my father he was there you know, and my daughter's father, and my mom was never there. It just I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah,
0: I know. I, know. I, I, I get it because, like I say to you, you've gone through all those things, and what you're doing is, you're, you're waiting for your, your mom as even as a child, you're waiting for your mom to hold your hand, and she turns away. She goes away from you. She's not there. And then as you get older, you go through you say going through this more more mental health and trauma and then you still wait you're still wishing for this person to walk through the door and be there hold my hand and you this person isn't there and then you have to deal with these things on your own and um you yeah yeah and it's and it's about building their strength you have to then Question it and building the strength of character but also not only that but then you're also getting over you're trying to build yourself and strengthen yourself up to to get better
1: yeah i've done a lot of i've had to do a lot of things by myself i've had to do a lot of things yeah, by myself
0: um
1: yeah um i've i've asked my brother on many occasions you know just like trying to understand, like, why, you know, I even, I even had the opportunity to talk to my mother about it. And I, I asked her, and I told her, you know, about, you know, how I felt and some of the things that I've been through down here. And I told her, you know, my daughter will never have to go through any of the things that I had to go through in order to get to, the, to where I am now because I won't I won't allow her to have to be on her own to have to just be kind of out there a 17 year old should not be in Florida by herself trying to figure things out I mean me and my grandmother I lived with her for a while but that didn't that didn't pan out I ended up living on my own like that's a whole other story I was 17 and I was living with what people my parents didn't know i would never allow that are you kidding me You think i would let my daughter go to another state at 17 years old living with strangers that i don't know men even grown ups i was 17 i shared an apartment with a 29 year old puerto rican man thank god he was nice and he wasn't a scumbag i mean not completely (laughs) you know he didn't like hurt me or anything but my mom had no idea. They just didn't I, I don't even know why. Like I, I'm trying to understand why I had to figure out things by myself. It shouldn't be. No child should ever have to figure out things by themselves if they have parents that are living and love them.
0: And yeah. so you're To the hospital, you've you've had the operation. Um, how for you having a having a bag, and and what, did you feel at that moment in time away from aside from the part with you for your pit, you, you you know feeling someone needs somebody's to hold your hand? Did you feel a sense of? Um, Do you feel a sense of? A regret that I've done this to myself or is it a question of you kind of thought well I've done this to myself now I've got to live with this and how do I live with this or was it a bit- I had
1: a I had a time like that you know that's part of the healing process you yeah, go yeah. through all these different stages you know um I felt like that for a little bit but I also know that without everything that I've been through, yeah. I wouldn't know the stuff that I know now. Yeah. I wouldn't have been through all of what I've been through so that I could get to where I am, to where I can get to where I can say that I'm awake. Like I know, I know about this reality. I know about these little hidden things that are going on. You know, um, I would probably still be asleep if I didn't go through all of it. People that have spiritual awakenings is because they've been through some sort of pressure. They've been in a pressure cooker. Something's been going on and it's been going on and it finally, boom, it causes that awakening. And you know, if you've been through that awakening, it's okay, it's lonely at first. You're learning all of these new things. You can't believe all the lies you've been told throughout your existence that now you're uncovering that then you go through kind of like an anger stage you're like man everything's a lie you know but there then you come out to the other side of that and you're like i'm powerful i know who i am i can change things i can make things better i can it's up to me it's not up to other people i gotta stop looking outside of myself for my help, for my guidance, for my, it's all within me. I can do this. I've been doing this on my own ineffectively. Now that I'm awake, I can fix it. I'm gonna change it. And that's where I'm at now. And I I told my daughter, I said, you will not have to wait until you're 40 to figure things out. I said, I know what I know now because of everything that I've been through and I'm learning all of these new concepts and things. I was like, luckily, you got me, and I'm gonna teach you. Everything that I learn, I'm gonna tell you. You will
0: be awake before I leave this planet. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you as well. Did you have your daughter after that? <laughs> I, had, I had my daughter,
1: and then it happened. Oh, so I had daughter should've daughter. had, yeah. 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 Looking back, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? So I should've probably had a C-section. Um, but I uh, had a vaginal birth, and the pushing was something I probably should not have been doing. And I perforated my colon. I did not know it. You know, I had my daughter, uh, actually pushing was not my thing. So, uh, they numbed me and he literally cut me from hole to hole. And then she came out. <laughs> so I had lots of stips, uh, stitches down there. It was, um, an interesting experience. Talk about surreal. Um, and i had no idea that i was sick like that um when i went home i was having fever 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 i said oh you know i've never had a baby before maybe you have fever after you have a baby i don't know i was taking ibuprofen every day and then after about two weeks of being home i started just having excruciating pain i started screaming one day and it was like about every two minutes i would get this wave of pain that i couldn't contain i had to i had to yell i had to scream i was he's like i'm taking you to the hospital and when a surgeon comes into your room and sits on the bed next to you it's not good news and i knew it i knew it when he sat down with me i ain't no doctor ever sat in the bed with me in my life okay and he said uh he goes i i gotta fit you for a colostomy and i said okay i said he goes um you're a real mess because well, they had me on IV antibiotics for days nothing was changing and they finally he was like I, I gotta i gotta operate i said do i have to my first question was do i have to live like this for the rest of my life and he said no uh, which was very relieving he said um but you do have to live like this for a while he goes you have to let your colon rest so i have to fit you for a colostomy he goes and i said for how long he said six months I said, okay, as long as you're telling me that it's reversible, okay. I mean, and if it wasn't, what would my choice be anyway? I mean, but luckily it was reversible. So we did the surgery. Two day, the day before Thanksgiving, they let me out of the hospital. My daughter was born November 2nd. All this happened in November and I was home. Yeah, and I was home my birthday's November 8th. So she's the second, I'm the eighth, and then we have Thanksgiving and I got to go home. Um the night before Thanksgiving and I had got to have Thanksgiving with my family. Scorpio and things baby. like that. But Scorpio, baby. Oh yes, yes
0: you we are. Scorpio baby. And and um, they very they're very um determined and has a bit of a sting in the tail. Yes. Um, we do it all the way or we don't do it at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, would you, would you, no half assin. Would you say would you say then that it was, she, she She was, your baby, your, your, your child, your baby, was, it's like, did they ever say that, was not, you, because miracle, I say be, I say, babies as, as being a miracle anyway, for humans to be able to give birth is just an amazing thing. Um, would, you, would you, should you have not had a baby or was it, a, because your condition your body was in, or was that, was it a miracle baby in that sense?
1: Yeah, because Skyla wasn't easy to get here. It took us almost two years, um, to do it. And I, uh, to get her here, we actually, uh, went to fertility clinics and I did, uh, two rounds of, uh, oral fertility drugs. And then we were considering, um, in vitro. And then I was wondering, okay, where am I going to get um, $10,000 to do it? And what if it doesn't work, then I need another $10,000, you know. Um, so the two rounds of oral didn't do anything. So, uh, you know, after a year, they say of trying to get pregnant, and uh, you don't it's, it's considered infertility. So you need to have tests done. So we had all these tests done, everything came back normal. He's normal, I was normal, everything was working. So now the answer is unexplainable infertility, which pissed me off because I'm a problem solver. I'm type A, I'm a nurse. I'm like, what's the problem? Let's just fix it. Can't fix it, unexplained. So now i like, what am I supposed to do? So now I'm even more frustrated. And the funniest thing, the simplest way to get pregnant, the um, lady at CVS at my pharmacy, she was like, have you tried an ovulation thermometer? And i was like what is it where is it what do i do and you basically check your temperature every morning before you get out of bed before you do anything and as soon as you have that day that it drops your temperature drops like 0.2 0.3 degrees i was like 97.6 every morning one day i was 97.3 and i said the egg must have done it, it must be today was, let's just go ahead and give it a shot today was to be, and it was valentine's day and so she's a Valentine's baby. So let's give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, was that easy. Oh, Get
0: an go, ovulation thermometer. Right this moment. Let's go now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hurry up. <laughs> can't miss it. The egg only, I learned so much too. The egg only lives 24 hours. Yeah, there's only a certain amount of time. I was only twenty. That's why, baby. That's, that's why it's such a miracle. Yeah. Only twenty-four hours, right? But the sperm can live in the body for two days. So they're in there swimming around, looking for it for two days. <laughs> so if it drops that morning or the next day, they're still in there, ready to go. Yeah, I've, I've,
0: I've, I've learned a lot about the, uh, trust me. I, I know. I know what the woman's talking about. i learned a lot about the cycle and, and there's a, a certain window you got to get through to make them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's really interesting stuff it's yeah, pretty it's, cool it's, it's, <laughs> very, it's very a, definitely a miracle yeah and it, goes, <laughs> it, goes, it all goes in cycles of the moon and it's funny how they've worked it out but it's, it's, it's very it's very interesting so she's a miracle baby you had the baby and how, how um, so there must have been for you then so we can kind of wrap this up as well now because there must have been <laughs> a a a, a, a different of emotions around that time. You have a birth of the baby, and then you 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 are going to oper- You're going for an operation. How did that? How was your mood? And how you know you one time one one day you're probably happy. And the next moment you're thinking, oh, I've got to go and have this operation, do this thing. You, 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 how did you balance that out? And how did you cope with um, the the different emotions, the roller coaster of emotions?
1: really um and inter- that was difficult because you're right well, i'm very happy and joyful and went in because my daughter i was just so thrilled i wanted a girl i got what i wanted um and i somehow i knew from like a couple weeks that i, I always knew she was a girl i always knew it he tried to tell me it was a boy i said no nope. this is a girl baby tell you right now um, so i got what i wanted i was very very happy with her And then I'm living with this thing on my body that um, you can't ignore (laughs) no matter how hard you try. um, Every, I used to say, every second with that thing felt like an hour, every day felt like a lifetime. Like for me, it just wasn't, I know there's some people that live with colostomies and I've seen some of them on Instagram and they're smiling and all of these things and they're happy to, I know they're just probably happy to be alive, but honestly, it's, it is really an uncomfortable way to live. It really is. And um, yeah. Um, so the first time my daughter went swimming in the pool, you know my, her dad took her in the water. I couldn't get in with them. Um, that hurt. A little bit Um, one time she had explosive diarrhea got poop everywhere he had to get in the tub with her I couldn't Um, things like that kind of bothered me a little bit but I knew it was temporary and um, I knew I was gonna so at four months I called I had my doctor's appointment and I begged him I said can we please I I can't I can't I don't want to wait another 60 days please can we do a surgery and he
0: told me he said yeah so i had it done in four months instead of six yeah. so yeah. And, and that was and since i mean you know how did how did at the time when you're going through those things as well um, how did your partner um was it, how did your partner cope was he was he lovable <laughs> loving or
1: good question <laughs> you know what I and dad we're not together um anymore we were together for eight years and um, he was very supportive I mean I even gave him an out I told him I said listen <laughs> you didn't sign up for this I was like I don't even want to be around myself so if you want to go I totally understand <laughs> like I get it like this is not what you signed up for and he looked at me and he was like don't be stupid <laughs> he's like, this is, no, I'm not going anywhere. This will be over soon. Like, don't even talk like that, you know? Yes. And we still had sex and all kinds of things. Like, he was fine. Like, he's such a guy. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. such a caveman. <laughs> 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 he didn't care. He didn't care. <laughs> yeah.
2: I yeah. Like that. So, <sighs>
0: So you meeting people, meeting people and who, are, who are able to cope with, you know, you, know, you, say you, met, you met him and, and his father, the kid's father, and he was able to cope, were you, were, you at a, in a happy, were you in a much happier place then in your life to be able to meet people and fall in love and all those sorts of things? Do you, you find that you were in a happier place personally, on a personal level? I
1: am now. I am now i much, much happier place now. I feel like I have more control over my life. That's the thing. I keep coming back to the word control, right? People want, and control is a big issue these days. It's, it's a big issue in everything all around us, isn't it? The political control, the reality control, everything. Your boss wants control. Everybody wants control over something. Even if it's over their domesticated animal. They want control control over something um, and yeah so I, I keep coming back to that word I, I have more control over myself of my reality over my emotions that's the big thing my emotions I had to find a way to get better control over how I react to this to the reality of things right whatever we give our attention to it grows so if something is happening in your reality that you don't like don't give, it these, don't give it any
0: attention. It will go away. It will. How's your, how's your body now? How's, how's, how are you, as you're getting older, I don't mean you've got old. I'm talking about as you're getting older from, from having um, your child and then the, the operation and has your body changed? Have you become stronger? What sort of changes have you made? For the listeners out there, what changes have you made to kind of help um, get your body back to some sort of normality in a sense?
1: Um, well, I had to do the opposite of what my doctors were telling me to do. They used to tell me that uh, I needed to stay away from, because I like to eat a lot of fruit um, and vegetables, and they would tell me, you know, that's part of your problem. It's too much fiber. You can't eat all of that. That's going to keep you in the bathroom. Um, You want to eat starchy things like potatoes and noodles, and, um, you know, they were guiding me to, you know, highly processed, enriched flour kind of food that it turns out that uh, for me, those are not just for me, but those are foods that cause inflammation. You know, they, and they, they're just not giving out the right advice, in my opinion. You know, we're telling people, they're only, they're just doing what the textbook tells them to do. Doctors and nurses are indoctrinated and they are conditioned to tell people what the science or the books or whatever the uh, CDC, whatever they tell them to tell you, that's what we're told to do. Um, not that it's 100% right for everybody. You know, this is just the guideline. And they were telling me these things and it wasn't working. I was living in the hospital. I spent 15 years like battling this thing. Um, at one point, I, you know, thought, okay, I'm just slowly dying is what was happening. I was like, I'm, I'm slowly dying. I could tell, I could feel it, I could see it. Um, I lived on a, a boatload of medications and narcotics um, just to get through the day, because I was in so much pain. This is after my surgery. Yeah, yeah. I still had problems, you know, because it's the food, it's the fuel. It's what I was eating, you know, and, and partially my mindset. So I had to change all of that. I had to do it, I had to do my own research because what they were telling me wasn't working for me.
0: Is that when you become vegan or was you vegan before that? Yes,
1: no, that's when I became vegan. That's when I found veganism. It wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm going to go get become vegan, that was not how this happened for me okay, so, at all.
0: So, and so basically you could say then in a, in a sense that your life even though we, you, you talk about the butterfly effect, that it, that kind of was a butterfly effect in a sense as well, because you end up in in yes, okay, you you your body went through those things because of what maybe what you did to it, and then maybe a collection of that and nature or whatever it may be. Um, but then you end up having a child, and then you end up in a you end up becoming vegan, and you end up in a better. Would you say you end up in a better? Um how, how do you feel now you feel happy with yourself are you are you content now are you you know
1: yes i'm much oh yeah i'm much happier i like i said um what i i was i went on a roller coaster ride of medications They always start low and then I ended up very high. I ended up on Humira at one point and that's a twice a month injection. Um, It's a biologic. And um, I was also on morphine. And at one point I was on fentanyl patch. I mean, I was on all kinds of things to try and control my pain. Um, But I was on quite a bit of morphine, about 80 milligrams of morphine every single day. Um, It was a lot. So, the humera was starting to. Not only was my, my, my blood work coming back just terrible, you know, my kidneys were in the toilet from all of the contrasts and dyes and operations and medications and everything. So I'm worried about my kidneys. Um, now my liver functions are coming back crazy because of the humera. Um, things were starting to fall, but my skin was horrible. Um, I was wearing a lot of makeup. Um, and when I would take my makeup off, just to touch my face it felt like you couldn't see it but it felt like like braille like I had little raised bumps all over my cheeks and my face and I was just like what is happening to me and I looked at my daughter and I took her to school and I said like, I went home and I was just looking at myself in the mirror and I said you're dying like your, your organs are starting to like fail they're failing your skin is failing and that I'll never forget that day. I I looked at myself in the mirror, I started to cry, and I got on my knees and I said, show me what I'm supposed to do. Whatever I'm supposed to do, I will do it. Just please show me. I don't wanna leave her. Let me raise her. Just let me get her to 18, that's all I'm asking. Like That used to be my prayer. Just let me raise her, that's all I wanna do. That's it, I love her. And that day, This is how I know about synchronicities and awakening because that's what happened to me on that day. That was the beginning of my awakening. I found a text message in my phone that I hadn't opened that was there for a long time. That was from somebody that I don't even know now. That was about a doctor on YouTube. I didn't even watch YouTube then. I didn't even know anything hardly about YouTube then. I felt like I discovered a whole new world when I found YouTube because I had no idea there were people like me that were sharing their journey or, or like, I wouldn't even call them underground doctors, but I, there are doctors on there talking about how to reverse all kinds of viruses and illnesses that, they t- that in the medical field they tell you is not reversible, that you can't cure it. But these people were curing these things So I went on this rabbit hole of information and I went from this doctor to this doctor and then I found Dr. Morris and I found Dr. Sebi and those are the two doctors that I always bring up because I've learned so much from Dr. Robert Morris and Dr. Sebi about healing the body with food, with natural medicine, which is the food, which is the herbs that God has given us, that's here. He says, I give you every seed yielding herb, this shall be thy food we are supposed to be eating plant-based and I did not know this and I found people that were juicing on YouTube and I I mean I spent and I slowly by slowly and it wasn't like I decided like okay I'm gonna do this little by little I dove in head first because I wanted to live and I wanted to change immediately I went out and I bought a juicer the next day okay I filled my fridge with all kinds of foods I'd never eaten before okay um remember my first juice um It was pretty um, it was pretty sandy. I had a lot of dirt in my mouth. I didn't know what I was doing, okay <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was I was trying my best, right um, uh, So I was juicing every morning and I remember me and my daughter drank a lot of cow milk a lot. like just me and her was like three gallons a, mu- a month probably That's a lot for two people I think and um she loved her milk and I remember getting on my knees and I looked at her in the face and I said, Listen, I'm learning a lot of new things and I said and I cannot in good conscience feed you some of the things that I've been feeding you anymore. Okay? So we're gonna try some new things. I said, This is vanilla milk. So I got her the you know, the almond vanilla milk. I didn't call it almond milk, I called it vanilla milk. And I said, Try it. And she took a sip and she looked at me and she went, Mm, it's kind of good so well this is the kind of milk we're gonna drink now yeah, and it, like <laughs> just like that and i mean i changed our lives like overnight and i kept watching i kept finding new movies it was uh somebody told me watch uh what the health that was the first one and then that led me to I think it was Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead and Forks Over Knives and Plant Nation and Vegan 2017 and Vegan this and Vegan that like I just kept finding all of this information like I didn't know that existed and I remember my daughter saying are you watching another one of those movies and I said yes I am (laughs) I am fascinated I said I am changing our lives this is it and um I saw changes in my digestive system in the first 30 days. Then, the first 60 days, I was about 145 pounds then. So, in the first 60 days, I was down to like 120. And that was without exercise. That was just the detox. Um, and I heard all over. I, I tell people when you detox, it's painful because you are pulling all of that crap out of you, you might not feel good. And I remember hearing that in the videos. They were like, listen, you're not going to feel good. Keep going. Keep going. Don't stop. And I just, it was supposed to be 30 day trial is what it was. I remember telling my nurses at one of my facilities, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this vegan thing for 30 days and see how I feel. And I loaded up on all kinds of garbage in December. I remember I ate all kinds of stuff. I mean, I was mixing eggnog with Baileys and drinking it. I like creamy like drinks like that. Like, oh, talk about highly acidic. Um, But, and then at the end of uh, January, my nurse friend, she said, so it's been a month. What are you gonna do? I said, you know what? I think I'm gonna keep going that's because i kind of like what's happening so i'm just gonna keep going and see what happens and it's four years later and um now knowing what i do know this is a, a way part of the waking up process when you wake up and you know better you do better how can
0: you go back yeah. you can't go back yeah. now this is saying about you can't um once you know something you can't you can't once you learn something.
1: You can't unsee what you've seen. You can't unlearn, right? Like now, I know too much. I know way too much. Like there's no way you can get me to eat chicken. <laughs> there's no way you can eat me. eat chicken or pigs or cows ever again. Not gonna happen. No way. No way. So, you find so these some of these we should not be eating better. some of these you animals
0: better space now how you right now then if you if someone if you were to kind of if someone said if i say to you now how are you feeling apart from you know we're we're having this conversation and talking and uh, because i noticed that you like to laugh and (coughs) what's some of the things that you like to do and and do you like to exercise you like to get out you know i know you said you want you're a nurse and you want to go you, you your child is your everything what are some of the things that you like doing
1: um, I do like to exercise. I think exercise is um, part, a big, a big piece of the pie of the fountain of youth. Um, I think everyone should exercise in some way, shape, or form. We should be moving our bodies. We gotta. We should be stretching, bare minimum, something. You know, um, sedentary lifestyle is not healthy. Netflixing and chilling all the time is just not healthy. Everything's supposed to be in moderation right um so I, I do i like to exercise um i like i like looking a certain way um obviously i still have a little uh, bit of um image consciousness uh left over from my uh i guess my eating disorder days but i have a certain type of body type that i like to look like yeah. um, well, luckily, veganism um, is very helpful, <laughs> keeping you at the proper BMI and um, and helping you to have on the right amount of weight. Um, now That doesn't mean that there's not unhealthy vegans and people eating Oreos and all kinds of things. You can do that. Um, but if you're a plant-based vegan, I'm, you will be the proper BMI. You just will. <laughs> you just will. Um so um, I like uh, I do like working out, we ha- I love going to the movies. We have a wonderful movie theater here. It's, it's luxurious, really, um, we love it. It's a beautiful theater, they, full restaurant, you know, they order a bottle of wine, they serve you after, I, I, we love going there. And me and my brother like taking the kids and we have a whole thing. It's just really enjoyable. So I really like doing that. Um, I love going to the beach, I love beach sunrises. Um, I haven't been in a while. There's some on my Instagram, some sunrise um, beach days with kids and especially on my daughter's page, too. Um, we have some, some really nice beach days on there. Um, nothing like watching the sun come up at the beach. It's just beautiful. And all the people that do come out there to watch it with you is kind of like, and then you can see a group over here that's doing yoga and a group over here that's praying and you know, this guy's running and people being free with their bodies and and enjoying the that atmosphere, nature, um, the miracle of the, the next day of the sun coming up. It's just, it's a really, it's a really good feeling. And the, it's a great feeling of how the beach leaves you feeling at the end of the day too. With that good salt water, salt therapy um, is a thing. It works. It feels great. Um, I feel really great up at the beach, so I love doing that. Um, I like creating content too. Like I used to work on my daughter's YouTube channel quite a bit. We haven't done a we haven't done a video in seven months. I just realized. And I looked at her channel. And I said, "Skyla, you know, we really need to start working on your channel again." Um, but that was fun. Just learning how to create YouTube videos, and learning how to put music on stuff, and learning how to put text on top of it. Just the whole learning process. I like learning new things. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoy learning new things.
0: Um, and, also, and also, being the YouTube channel helps, because then it will give gives you both memories. Of-
1: yes, that's what I tell her too. than the things you did yeah i've said that exact same thing to her i was like Skylar, our instagram and your youtube is also a place for you to go back and look and see what we've done together when i'm not here no more you know you'll always have that so that's really cool let's always build on those memories you know i like creating content i like to read when i have a chance to read it's um Finding t- more t- time in the day to do the things that I like to do is uh, becoming, it's in, its difficult. Um, I don't feel like there's enough hours because um, nursing is quite cumbersome these days. Um, so what I like to read, um, I just ordered a couple Neville Goddard books. Um, I'm really into law of attraction and metaphysics and law of assumption and uh i started down that track when skyla was about two i started she's uh, 11 now um somebody had me watch the movie the secret and after i watched that i I read the book and then i read the magic and then it just in rabbit hole of manifestation books and then i found neville goddard and
0: um he's
1: amazing I, I think everybody should know about this. <laughs> um, we have more control in this reality than, than you're being led to believe or that you even know or that you're aware of. Like a lot of people don't even know. They're not even aware that they have control. That they have more, again, with the word control, you have control over your reality. You do. You get what you think about. You get what you talk about. Everything, there's a collective consciousness. All that stuff is real. I mean, we're not just individuals walking around bumping into things, and life is just happening to us. That's not what's going on here. So, I like, I really
0: enjoy being a scorpion.
1: I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that topic. Uh, I like magic. Like, I believe that I'm magical like i i think we're all magical it's just people don't know it that's the problem a lot of people don't know it so they live and that's where victimhood comes from that's where victim mentality comes from blaming everything outside of you for why you feel a certain way now you don't have any control oh no that's not what's going on here you can live that way if you choose to everything is a choice everything
0: Thank you so much. No, it's been it's been enlightening and just you know, about your journey, and you know, I hope the listeners get to learn about your journey and, and if you're if they're going through things, going through because like you said, the, you know, it's not until you went on the YouTube that people you people you understood that people Were going through the things that you're going through, and, and even now, there's people out there that have I mean, got to be in your position that don't know they're out there and they don't they don't realise that even with YouTube and all that probably haven't seen it and they're probably going through similar things and they probably don't realize there's other people in the same shoes as as them um so let's say thank you for coming on and um you know it's been it's been i've i've enjoyed it it's really it's been really it's been really an eye-opener well thank you for having me um yeah this has been a great conversation
1: um thank you thank you for having me thank you for listening oh
0: yeah i'm especially if anybody wants to talk to you or look at your see the food that you eat or to, to kind of help help, help cope with um, anything anything to do with the body where can where can where can you find on Instagram uh,
1: Amina underscore healing vegan Amina yeah at Amina healing vegan yeah that's the name on my page isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, as soon as you put Amina in, I just pop up. There's not a, like a whole bunch of us. I mean, it's becoming a more popular name, but um, yeah, Amina underscore healing vegan, and then yeah, that's me. <laughs>